Merch alert! You asked and we delivered. The Royals of Malibu now has merch. We've got so much to choose from, like Team Easton or Team Reed or Team Isaac hoodies and hats. Some fun items like Do Not Dim My Sparkle t-shirts or Ugly Hot hoodies. Plus, plenty of accessories too, like our Trom mugs, AirPod cases, tote bags, stickers, and more. We'll be sharing new drops, sales, and much more on our socials at the Royals of Malibu, so be sure to follow along. That's at the Royals of Malibu. Check out the merch website at emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. That's emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. Emerald Audio is now an imprint of Diversion Audio, focusing on female-led storytelling. Testing, testing. In this episode, Ella is testing. Yep, it works. The mics work, Nick. Mics are working? Yep. Did she pass her test? I don't know. We're going to have to find out. That's why we're listening. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's it's beautiful and sunny in California in December, and that's a very new phenomenon for me, and I love it. Yeah, and a nice little crisp air outside. Yeah. Crisp Cafero crisp air. Crisp Cafero. That's the name of my chip company. Just in the nick of time. And that's the name of your watch company. <laughs> I want to get right into the episode because we have a great episode. Wait, wait, wait. Guest, but first. Yeah. Yes. Yes. First. I, w- I just want to say I've been so um, happy but also hurt by all the people commenting about old man alarms. Why do you, Why are you hurt? Because they're calling me old. But no, I'm, I'm actually. invented the old man I know. Alarm. I'm joking. It's been great. It's wonderful that people are engaging with that. And we love your comments. I love seeing them. I read them all. So thank you for listening and for engaging, and please continue to. And yes. we'll have an ongoing conversation without ever meeting. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll meet them someday. We'll do a Comic-Con appearance for Royals of Malibu. We actually, we kind of met one of our fans this week. We did. Uh, someone reached out saying that their friend was a big fan of the podcast and asked if we could send a cameo-style video for their birthday. 13th birthday. 13th Ella. Birthday. Ella from Connecticut. Her name Happy is Ella. Birthday. Yeah, her name is Ella, so of course she's a fan. She was celebrating her birthday. We sent a nice video. It was our very first cameo, Nick. Yeah. Very cool. We're pretty much celebrities now. No, we no, we're not. Uh, oh I, shoot, you I, thought we were. I printed the business cards that say Chris Cafaro celebrity. Oh my Shit. god. Well, we'll have to return them. Good thing I, you got they, a Black Friday. You can deal. return business cards, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ella, thank you for listening. You get our lasagna of the week. With 13 candles in them. La 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 lasagna. La 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 lasagna. Don't change the key, man. I didn't change the key. I just did it right. Whatever. All right. We have a great guest uh, from the Royals of Malibu universe. What do you say we bring her on? Let's get right into it. Let's do it. Our guest this week, you will recognize her voice from two... Very important characters in the Royals of Malibu. She is a very funny comedian. She is a wonderful actress and voice actress. She plays the roles of Margaret Sinclair and Lucy from the Treasure Cafe. Ladies and gentlemen. Take your time with this intro. Take your time. You're rushing through it. Ladies ladies and gentlemen, Miss Steph Sherry. Steph! Welcome oh to God. the podcast. Thank you so much. My amor. Wow. You're the only one that I adore. Do we have the rights to that song? We do now. Steph, hi. Welcome. Honestly, 
the fact that you guys greeted me with a song, it makes me feel like I'm getting like the promposal I never got. Uh, why didn't you get one? Why didn't I get one? Oh, that's like a story for a long, a, a different story for another day. I mean, you want to get into like high school trauma? I mean, we do. it would make sense yes. given Royals of Malibu. That's literally the entire theme of this podcast. Is <laughs> so Steph, tell us, how did you get involved with the Royals of Malibu? Oh, uh, it's the classic Hollywood tale of my agent sent me an audition and I auditioned, which is not the same as you two. No, it is. That's exactly how it was. Well, we we it was we didn't get it from our agent, but yes, I I knew Matt Sav from college, and Matt Sav asked me to audition. Um, but yeah, same same thing. But I auditioned for Reed, and then they offered Chris Reed. <laughs> how does that make you feel nick i think it's very funny (laughs) but at the time it kind of i was like oh okay it was uncomfortable at the time read right because (laughs) nick knew matt from college and matt recommended nick and then casting reached out and was like we know that you have brothers we'd love to hear both of you read (laughs) for and they had me read for easton and nick read for reed and then they offered me Reed and they offered Nick nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was very awkward because I was like, hey, Nick, thanks for bringing me this thing. They just offered me the role. Did, did you get a call? And he was like, no. And then like two weeks later, they had him read for it again. And then they brought him, they brought him on board. <laughs> Literally two weeks later, they, they actively tried to find another Easton. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but also okay. It worked out. Literally, it's just so funny because Nick, you're so talented and you're sensational as Easton, Uh and Chris, you are just like undeniably good as Reed. But I just feel like it's so clear to me that it should be the two of you. But the fact that Nick had to go through such turmoil to get to this same conclusion is entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a great lesson. You know, you just got to keep keep the faith and keep fighting. Having brothers. Yeah, mine was not. Keep having a brother. Yeah, keep having a brother. Mine was not so uh, tumultuous. I just, you know, got the got the casting from my agent, who's awesome. Her name's Portia, and uh, read for Lucy and Margaret, and I think like a teacher or something that is no longer in the thing, and got a call back. Did it again. She was killed off. She was killed off (laughs) brutally, and yeah, I I just like knew, like like I know we're conveniently doing an episode where I play Margaret, but like Lucy is like my girl mm-hmm. and they were like yeah you know i agree yeah it's like lucy is like me you know and i think it's it, it was just like it just felt so effortless and i feel like so many times you're you know doing these like you do you know i mean for those of you out there that do voiceover it's like so many auditions and it's like it's like it's just ridiculous the amount right. of ones you got to go through until one finally works out and whereas like theatrically it's like you know to a year or whatever but we're voiceover <laughs> it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of no's and so much of just like desperately trying to mold your voice so it can like conceivably be real as this other thing and with lucy it was mm-hmm. literally the first time that i was like oh i can just like talk like this and yeah. it just it, it was so easy and i just feel like it was so meant to be and fun fact it's actually the gig that had me join sag Oh, oh, that's so cool. Congratulations. Yeah. And then SAG went on strike. Just like, in time for the strike. Shortly after. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you, yeah. so like, you <laughs> paid your dues and then went on strike. Oh, yeah. Paid my dues to then uh, do nothing. But the that's dues okay. and the initiation fee, which is not cheap. It's not. 
It's not. Oh, uh, no, I had to take I'm out so a credit sorry. card for that. Oh yeah, it's it, it's it was actually my 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 dad actually helped me a lot, and my uncle. My it was a family effort that's, actually. That's wonderful. Well, it's Which worth is, it. It's As a, I've been a SAG member since two thousand eight, and SAG literally saved my life with health insurance, and like it's totally. Wow, worth it, you so. make enough to get health insurance. I've been very lucky. That's yes. a flex. For those wow. of you listening, that's a big deal. <laughs> well, I have a question because I don't feel like uh, praising Chris anymore. Yeah. Uh, Steph, when you got this audition, this is something I was curious about. Did So it was coupled with, you knew you were going to play Lucy and Madame Sinclair. You like, <laughs> it wasn't like you read for Lucy and they were like, oh, can you also do, like, did they already couple the parts? Yes. Yeah. So they've been like coupled since the beginning, which I agree is such a really brilliant choice because these are the two like yeah. mother figures in her life. And I think, yeah, right. so it was, it was fun because the audition was, you know, I'm not going to make any concessions for you. And like, if you want to get here at six in the morning, fine. You can, you know, this like rough, you know, Lucy yeah. character. And then the other side you had to do was like this letter that a terrible mother. That, yeah. I, I, what is the deal with the hating on <laughs> Margaret? Cause I just, She's boys, just what's the problem mom. here? Well, listen, okay. It's mostly me. First of all, it's mostly Nick. Second of all, yeah, I'm a little <laughs> sympathetic because every time we hear from Margaret, she's like sick or being dumped or something. And she's a single mom. And that's, I think, the or hardest job promises. in the world, <laughs> being a single mother. She it's does true. break promises sometimes, but that's because she was sick. <laughs> you jerk. Yeah, there's so much hatred well, for, for Margaret from Mr. I'm Mike just Sarah. like, why are you going to bring your young, young daughter to go drop off stuff at your ex-boyfriend's <laughs> house? That's just not a good move. Like, Listen, where you see inappropriate parenting, I see a mother empowering her daughter to stand up for herself. Um, yes, to, snaps. To, thank you. Uh, you know, she's teaching her the lifelong lesson that is – you know, if someone hurts you, don't take it. Um, she's also teaching her, you know, that clothing is ruined when thrown on grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this, gra- all my clothes. This grass stains are really hard Tide to get out. Pots. Tide <laughs> pots. Get out those hard to get stains. I see a woman who's trying her best. That's right. You yeah. know, no, you're right. It, she's honestly, been dealt a shitty hand. Here's who we should be talking about: is Steve Sinclair. Ella's father, yeah. who's a You're fucking right. billionaire who doesn't give a dime in child support or alimony, just disappears, dies, and then is like, oh, give it to my friend. Like, he hasn't done anything for his daughter in 16 years. And we're picking on Maggie? Yeah. That's what I call Margaret yeah. Sinclair. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's what I say to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's I'm going to call her Midge. Midge. <laughs> Midge Sinclair. Midge Sinclair. Yeah, Steve, Midge Sinclair. You know, Steve, like, you know, whisks this woman in, into his tornado. It's like all she talks about is how much he was just like so intoxicating and so amazing, but never able to be held. And I just think that, you know, sometimes you get swept up in people like that. Yeah. But for it you happens. to have a daughter, they, they actually, for you to have a daughter and be that wealthy and to just never, and he obviously knows he has a daughter because he never, because he leaves it all to her. And he, like, what's yeah. your deal, bro? Yeah, very he's, suspicious. He's I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we find out more. Maybe we'll find out more. Maybe we will. I also Maybe think this discussion is a great intro to episode nine because, and this is one of the reasons we wanted Steph for this episode, it opens with one of the most emotional scenes of the podcast, of the series. And we open in a hospital room with Margaret. Midge is dying. 
Yeah, on her deathbed, having her conversation yeah. with with Lucy. Uh, excuse me, with Ella. How was it doing that scene? It was actually really emotional. Um, I have a video that I've shared before of like Alyssa just was like crying. Like we, it was just like it was, it was a lot actually. Like I think it was definitely like I just think that. I don't know. I'm going to get like sentimental, but like, I just think there's something so magical that happens in that booth. And it's like funny because, you know, you can, and I'm sure you guys can relate. Like there are certain scenes that are just so silly. So just like lighthearted and just like, you know, when you guys are doing tarot later in this episode, like there's so many moments that are just fun and just, it's just light. And that's what it is. And then, oh, I actually think the tarot is very serious. <laughs> it's actually so. um, the most <laughs> profound moment of the series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then there are these other moments, that, you know, back to back. So all of a sudden you go from like, okay, I'm just like doing a normal thing. And all of a sudden it's like, I feel like time just like shifts. And all of a sudden it's like, you feel everyone like stop joking around. And like Alyssa locked in and like I locked in and we just did it in like two takes. And mm-hmm. it was just like very, it was honestly one of the most like moving moments of like my career because I also like I lost my both of my grandparents this past year and I lost my grandpa oh it's okay thank you and um but like I know that moment like I've I've actually witnessed like both of my grandparents in the exact moment that they passed away with my grandpa it was just me and him in the room and (sighs) I just feel like oh wow yeah I just feel like there's a my grandpa and I used to always say to each other like I love you I love you more and then you know he'd be like I love you the most like every time we'd leave, we'd do that. And then I tried to pull up the script like in preparation for this. And I am no longer have access to the Dropbox. Thank you, everyone. Um, but I've been exiled <laughs> from the scripts. But I, I'm trying to remember, was that written or did I improvise that line? But in this scene, Margaret says to Ella, I love you the most. And it's just like, wow. this is like, I just love these oh moments as actors were like, life imitates art and it just feels like everything is is coalescing in this one moment for like a truth to be told you know that's really yeah. special thank you for sharing that yeah it was that's... a really really cool moment and it was like everyone was like yeah great and i just think i mean of course she's like i love you more than beyonce wardrobe changes and then it gets like silly <laughs> again but i just think right. yeah the core of Ella's character and the reason why she has so much drive and so much heart and so much desire to do the right thing, even if she doesn't necessarily always do the right thing in the moment, she's always trying to do the right thing. And I think it's like really cool to have these moments where you realize like what she's been through and like where, where she's come from. Yeah. And I think you uh, do such a wonderful job at portraying Ella's mom because of, I mean, just showed right now how vulnerable and, uh, and thoughtful you are. And that was the exact moment she had with her daughter. And also her being so honest and being like, I was so scared when I found out I was pregnant with you. And then you were born and I met you and nothing else mattered. And you were my favorite thing. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I do poke fun at, at um, Ella's mom a lot. But that is a very, very sweet moment. Yeah. And it's nice to see that she's at peace with what's happening. She talks about the fact that she's had a good life and done a lot of great things. And But yeah, your your connection with that character, I mean, I didn't know this until you told us, but it's it makes perfect sense because that was such an honest and uh, truthful portrayal and that it came through. So thank you for sharing that. 
Thanks, guys. Uh, so we have this great sound design moment where the heart the heart monitor beeps and beeps and beeps and then beep and we know what happens. Uh, and then we are whisked away into a much lighter tone when Easton is reading tarot cards. So earlier in the season, he was reading moon charts. Now he's into tarot cards. Easton's going through That's it. That's correct. <laughs> I don't see it as going through it. I think I, I see it as him living his best ultimate life. It's another sober, sober hobby of his. And exploring um, his spirituality. I have a question. Have you ever had a reading, Steph? Yeah, I actually love tarot. I don't, I have a, I have a few sets and I don't really know how to do them. And so sometimes if I'm feeling lost in life, which is every day, I'll just like throw them on the floor and be like, this one speaks to me, but I don't really know what I'm doing, but I, I find it very interesting. I think it's very fun to feel like your whole life can be summarized by a card, but I also understand the skepticism, but also Maybe I don't. Yeah, but also, like, if it's not hurting anyone else and you want to believe in something, then go for it. Who cares? Yeah, I agree. It's I agree. I, I, it's not something I buy into, but listen, life is hard and confusing, and we all need something to help us sort of discern what we're going through or what lies ahead, and whether that's religion or astrology or moon charts or tarot. If it helps you make sense of heavy drugs. a senseless world, well, it's heavy drugs, not so much, Nick. And I know you're a big proponent well, of drugs, and I have to remind people again that there are consequences to drug use. I'm I am not a big proponent of drugs, but I, I am joking. But also, that is it is kind of relevant because it, this is his. He's supplementing that. He's getting away from his drug use by doing stuff like this. So I think it's a very healthy shift in his life. And I am proud of my boy E, which is what I call him now. Your boy E. happens to also be called, uh, is also a drug. (laughs) He's ironically, (laughs) coincidentally enough, named after a a psychedelic. I'd also like to um, highlight the fact that Ella has an iconic line in this scene where she goes, can we uno reverse that, please? (laughs) Yes. I I did like that line. I wrote that down as well. I like just died at that because like, do we think Ella has ever played Uno? And I, you know, I, (laughs) I think she probably is. It it has made a comeback. I was going to say that the card games are making a comeback. And I love that. I love that for society and for the culture. My girlfriend and I. We're a Skippo family, but yeah. Oh, Skippo. Another classic. Skippo is from the, the makers of Uno. And it's you know, basically Uno meets Sal- uh, Salatar. Solitaire. Salatar is a <laughs> character from Harry Potter. He was the <laughs> defensive dark arts teacher in the book nine. Uh, <laughs> the unreleased book nine. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no. Nick's prophesizing a lot of things today. <laughs> yeah. So Mattel, which is getting into the movie game, they produced. Barbie, obviously, which was a massive hit, they are optioning all of their properties to make movies. And there is an Uno movie in the works. It has been greenlit and it is- You're joking. I'm not joking. No. And I, can't, I, can't I, think it's fathom, I can't fathom what it could possibly be about. Yeah, but you know what? Either. If somebody, somebody told you about Jumanji, you wouldn't know what that would be about either. Yes, I would. I would uh, Juman, because Jumanji is about animals. Coming to life, Uno's just numbers. Like, what are you going to have? Like a numbers? Yeah, the wild Uno's card of it be all. A bunch of, <laughs> bunch of accountants. Yeah, it's crunchy numbers. It's just a bunch of primary movie. colors fighting with each other. Yeah, and then Salatar comes out, and casts a spell on everyone. 
salad. Drops that <laughs> drops that take four wild. That's the best card you can get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, they are there, so they're counting all the cards. She has the epic line, but really the the point of this scene is to. Uh, come up with a game plan of how they're going to get rid of this video. And Easton says, like, you can't get rid of this video unless you have Brooke's passwords because she's going to have all the originals on her computer and on the clouds and on backups. So they need to go ahead and, and figure out what all of her passwords is. And they become be, they become detectives again. And I think there's a, a good conversation to be had about what our passwords are because mine are the same for everything. And I'm positive I will be hacked soon. What are they? Just share them real quick, particularly <laughs> if you have Disney Plus, because I got booted off and I really want to watch the Santa Claus. No. Why didn't you, you just ask her sister? We use hers. I did. She she won't respond. She's ghosting me when I ask about Disney Plus. Yeah, she's been hard to contact recently. But can I say something? I was just FaceTiming with her uh, a little while ago, and I was talking to my nephew because he was there, and I, I had a question about, I want to get him a birthday gift, and I had a question about it. So I said, give your phone to mom. And I, I was like, hey, Jacqueline, um, can you, can you, um, can I ask you something? Can you, like, move away from Carmelo? Uh, and she walked away from him, and he got really upset because he thought I didn't want to talk to him. But I was like, just try, trying to ask if he had a certain type of baseball glove, and he started crying, and they had to call me back. Wow. He like started acting out because he's like, Uncle Nicky doesn't want to talk to me. I was like, oh, Of course, I want to talk to you. That's very sweet. Anyway, that's very that is cute. Really I'll cute. delete that. That has nothing to do with this episode, but I no, just I no, think but that's that. so sweet. It is sweet. It's also offensive because I was FaceTiming this morning as well, and our nephew was there, and he kept running away from the phone. And I was trying to ask him what he wanted from Santa, and he just kept bolting away from the phone. And I was like, What? I'm trying to get you some Hot Wheels, bro. Anyway, he'll get wow. nothing. There's some favorites. He'll get nothing and he'll on. like it. <laughs> Santa's not uh, coming this year. No, Santa's Santa's dead. Uh, so As a Jew, Santa I, came for Ella, though. Yeah, well, I oh, just have to God, say, Nick. I really... Ooh, wait, okay, Steph, sorry. If you've listened, you know that Nick forces these transitions every episode. I love and- it. <laughs> that is a new low, Nick. That was so fucking dumb, and I Santa it. Santa came for Ella and let her pass her exams. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. But uh, Santa had nothing to do with it. It was hard work and dedication and smarts from Ella. So please do not take away her agency as a woman by giving it well, to a man no. and giving the credit let to a man. Santa, first of all is actually an acronym and it means so actually no it stands for (laughs) it stands for study a lot then never assignments will you again (laughs) study a lot no talk about it (laughs) santa santa I don't, I don't know if you would make it through the cove. I don't know. I probably would. Oh, no. It, no. No. Well, mm. I, I also have... Get in. So we went to a public school Me where too. there was a very wide range of socioeconomic uh, people, you know, and which was great. Very diverse. But our town also had a lot of rich kids that went to private schools, and I never got along with those kids. 
I just yeah, there's no, something so about the stuck up pretentious rich kid that I don't jive with. So you're right. If I was at the Cove, I'd be like, I hate these people. I that's where I connect with Ella the most, where she's like, these people are not living in the real world. I so agree. Um so Nick, what's happening in this episode after Ella passes on her own? Well, she goes merits? to get some celebratory drinks, goes into the house, and here's a meltdown happening of Brooke. Brooke is actually, and you know, Brooke is 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 pretty um, unhinged. But I will say, I kind of feel for her in this moment. She's practicing changing diapers, which is very endearing for her uh, soon-to-be kid. Um, she has a total breakdown and then she loses me because she needs Ella to call her life coach Johan. Um, and she just becomes really obnoxious, but, uh, she, the, the big part of this is that Ella in doing so and comforting her and calling her life coach gets us, gets Brooks, uh, passcode to her phone, which yeah. allows them to get their heist plans in order, um, to get the original video, get her emails or texts and take her to a Savannah's class and, and, and dive in there and try to find this little sex tape. Yeah, and it, and it almost seems too easy where you're like, wait, that's all it took for her to get the passcode, but wait, wait till later in the episode. Just wait. Steph, do you have a, a passcode on your phone? Or are you one of those crazies? I do. I do have a passcode on my phone. Do people okay. not? Are there people who don't? Yeah, there's some people that don't. You're joking. Especially with Face no, ID. I would like, never joke. I would literally never joke. You would literally never. Yeah, why start now, Nick? So- there are people who don't have a password on their laptop, which I think is cray cray. Yeah, I just got a new laptop though, and it's a fingerprint system. You need to put your finger down. Whoa, that's I great. don't have one that does that. That's fancy. Yeah, Nick's a fancy boy. Wow, I'm not fancy. My other computer just broke, so I needed to get a new one. What do you want me to do about it? Literally, what do you guys want me to do about it? Answer me. I don't have a preference. I want you to. <laughs> do whatever you want we just want you to be happy <laughs> i don't even want that honestly i i want to uh just circle back i know this isn't part of the episode um but what's crazy when i was re-listening to this and i'm like st- uh, listeners of this podcast probably wouldn't know but steph you me and chris were never in the studio at the same time together no we've been in so many episodes together but we never met in person never I've actually not Isn't met. That crazy? It's crazy. It's crazy. Over two seasons. We didn't seasons. meet in person until very recently. Yeah, it's true. It's it's. it's but I sad. also like felt like I knew you. I know. Isn't that funny? I really felt like I knew both of you too. It's very weird. The worlds of Malibu universe just connects us all. I also just. I know. I wonder what a Lucy Easton scene would look like. Reed, you don't seem to have ever stepped foot in the Treasure Cafe, but Easton is there studying with Ella. Many, many. Yeah, I feel like times. him and Lucy would actually be. I think she would really like Easton. I think they would have like a really good rapport, actually. Yeah. Also, by the way, totally. side, 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 sidebar. I have been shipping and pitching for years, as in a year, that Lucy and Callum should be an item. That's what. Ooh, I would like to say. that would be funny. It's I think two, that's a great like, parental figures. I think it would be so good. That would be a great season yeah. three arc. Steph, I think that Reed and Lucy would not get along because Lucy's talking shit about Reed all the time. Like, no, I don't no, think no. he's listen, good for you. Listen, What's listen, listen. I don't, I don't think that she thinks that Reed isn't a good guy, but I would agree that his behavior from the outside doesn't seem the most, you know, good. That's On the outside, say. always looking in. 
Will I ever be more than I've always been? Yes. We're just going to keep singing. I would love to sing musicals all day. Here's the thing that Lucy never really chimes in on the fact that Ella's got two boyfriends that she's keeping secret from each other. I know. Yes, she does. She chimes in on it. She chimed in on it last episode. I think there was a scene where I do and I forgot to. (laughs) It's been a while. She she does. She has she says I literally hate teenagers. Also like <gasps> You're right. is this read guy really helping you? Literally last episode, episode 8 is another big episode of mine where where mm-hmm. I, yeah, is the whole scene actually that we both have forgotten where she yeah, she basically is like you could run yeah. for president one day, kid, but right now you're being stupid. Yeah. That's one of the best scenes in the show. You have a great there's a lot of good comedy but also good advice and it's advice that El, poor Ella has been missing out on. Poor Ella. Yeah. And you step in there, you fill that void. There's a scene when, when uh, real quickly, when Brooke calls her life coach, you hear on the other line him talking, and he's just mumbling like a Peanuts character, just like, <laughs> and that made me so happy, and I just want to know, maybe we ask Matt who that was, who that was. and <laughs> when they recorded it, because I just love the idea of someone going in the booth and being like, <laughs> funny to anyone but my me and my twin sister i have a twin by the way um, just drop in facts drop in knowledge um my sister and i had this family feud like cd-rom game growing up and it was like so so shittily done and so you know family feud it's like you're topping it you're typing in you know the top answers and clearly the game had like no budget so you know in the real show when they're like oh the answer was like you know, like going to the grocery store, and then the the audience will like read them out loud in this game. Mm-hmm. It would just be like, ha, no, 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 oh. I can't even do it. It would just be like, ha, no, 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 no. Just random, just not that funny. random mumbling. But Phoebe and I thought it was so funny. It was just like everything was like, ah. You're like, you just didn't hire anyone to do this game. It's so it dumb. But yeah, game. wait, wait <laughs> totally. a second. This is a perfect transition because I've been dying to ask oh, you good. about this i researched you in anticipation of this show and saw that you were on a game show hosted by joey fatone called common knowledge how did you say <laughs> it was yeah. on your imdb can it- you please tell me about that I, my dream is to be on a game a tv game show wait with joey fatone, with joey fatone. With- um i have actually been on several game shows um it's crazy what? it's tell, so tell- funny that one was really hard because I've done, I've done, I did um, Funny You Should Ask, which was like this uh, show where there's like a bunch of celebrities that like help you find the answers to trivia. And like me and Tiffany Haddish had like a very cool moment together. But like in this oh, wow. one, she was awesome. Um, in this one, you are just like so on your own. And then Joy Fatone just kind of like comments on what you're mm-hmm. doing. And so it was mm-hmm. definitely very stressful being on a game show, especially if it's like a trivia game show. Because you have yeah. to, you are going to embarrass yourself in front of everyone. And we were like, we got to the very, very end. So we beat the team opposite us and we got to the very, very end. And the way that it works is like each of your team, I was in a team of three and each of you goes up one at a time. And it's like on that exact person to like save the day. And I got through like so many questions. And the last one was like, which of these is like an animal that can survive in a cave. And it was like stalactites, stalagmites, stalagbites. Batman. 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 It was Batman. You know, if only Nick had been there. 
We would have won. Shit. You should have been. Oh, uh, yeah. Call. I picked the wrong one and uh, lost uh. it for the whole team. But Joey Fatone, an absolute legend, an absolute delight. Every, he would just talk to everyone. He was so chummy. He was so approachable. He like did a hundred episodes in a row, never dipped in energy. Oh, wow. The guy is a legend. Also, For those of I you love listening, Insane. Joey Fatone was a member of a boy band back in the early 2000s called InSync, uh, which also featured a young man named Lance Bass, J.C. Chazé, Chris Kirkpatrick, and of course, Justin Timberlake. Yep. And J.C., Everybody. Nope, Nick. That's Backstreet Boys. Literally, the next line yeah, is Backstreet. Yeah. Back. All right. Stop it. <laughs> Shut up. We don't own the rights to that song. You don't even know. You have no. You right don't own to the rights to even sing that song. <laughs> yeah. I would love to. Um, I don't know. Family Feud would be fun, but I would love to be on like an HGTV. I no. You know what? No. I want to be on. Is it cake? <laughs> you can't bake. But I could judge it. <laughs> he can, but you, he can judge a cake. You want to be a judge on Is It Cake? <laughs> you don't You don't know I can't bake. You don't yes, know I, I do. Can you bake? Answer the no, question. No, you don't. Can you bake? Yeah, I have an air fryer. Yeah, You can has, bake have, a cake that looks like a shoe. Have you indistinguishable ever tried? It from a shoe. They don't bake it. They just, just. I just want to be the guy that's like, that's cake and that's not cake. You don't always have to bake it. That's not always it. Yeah, you just have to be a good judge of cake. <laughs> Oh my God. Thank you, and I think I am. It's a terrible answer. I think I'm a great judge of cake. <laughs> it's the worst fucking answer I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> he wants I've... to be on the show where he points at something and goes, it's cake. <laughs> Speaking of. Oh, here it comes. What do you got, you fucking loser? What do you got? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. What is Here it? it comes. Here it comes. What is it? Well, fucking moron. it's just my, my birthday is in June, so I, I never got to bring cake to school <laughs> for people. But at their school, Savannah is a tour guide. <laughs> and she's worst. giving a tour to the incoming <laughs> students. <laughs> When's your birthday, Steph? August 7th, and I also never got to have a birthday at school. Ugh, yeah. That's so But I did sad. give tours. You did give, did tours, give tours of your- At the University of Virginia. Okay, that makes sense. College tours. I think it's hilarious that they're giving tours of a high school. Like, the tour of my high school I know. would take five minutes. <laughs> it's like yeah, one building. That's so true. You know, this is the it's cafeteria. also the difference between like West Coast it. and East Coast. Like, I'm sure you guys are like us. It's like one building, and maybe there's like a portable. You know, that's it. It's like over there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have like a fucking yeah. campus. They do say in her tour, she is like, "This is the quad," and that was like, I was like, "Really? You guys have a quad?" Nick doesn't because he skips legs day all the time. I have very thin legs. <laughs> I atrophy at an accelerated rate. You don't have to brag about it, Nick. Okay, let's get back on track. Savannah, Savannah and Ella have their big fight. Yeah, it's a and it's actually a great scene. It's it a is. great fight. I agree. Yeah, and it's like it was really great writing. Props to the writers when you know because you're on Ella's side because we only really see her point of view, and then and then all of a sudden Savannah's like, "No, we were never friends. All I do is clean up after you. You left and did what's best for you and I was here cleaning up the mess with Savannah and Easton and they were having meltdowns. You didn't even listen to me when we were talking about David." And she's like, "Everyone's going to call me the huge bitch, but like the truth is I'm the only one that will call you out on your bullshit." And I was like, "Damn, girl, that's my Savannah banana." I was so proud of her. 
Yeah, it honestly yeah. was like really refreshing to see Ella get called out for once because she does just kind of leave people on red and hope that they just forgive her. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I was like, especially listening to this episode, I'm like, I, listen, I'm still team Ella um, because I know where the money comes from. <laughs> but um, I, I, uh, I do think she doesn't always make the best decisions. So it is nice to have somebody call her out. Yeah, and even last episode when she reveals the sort of love triangle, both guys are so nice to her. We talked about this on the last episode, but no one calls her out and says, hey, girl, you can't just date two dudes and not tell each other. And so Savannah's like, no, you. this is some BS. I, it was yeah, refreshing. Yeah, we all need that friend. We need that accountability friend. Um, yeah, I really, I actually found it very satisfying that like, because I think, you know, Ella's our protagonist and we love her. And there's been a lot of, as you've mentioned, like moments where she kind of keeps getting off like scot-free. And I feel like it was really satisfying to be like, wait, like, because also it's not even just shitting on Ella for the sake of shitting on Ella. It's like we need her to realize the ways in which she's hurting everyone around her so she can grow, you know? Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Just want her to, to yeah, be everyone better. Everyone needs that. Everyone needs that. And so often in shows, the protagonist is like untouchable. Yeah. And the, our writers made her touchable. And I was really touched by that. Touching. A bull. Touching. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I love that. But the, the big thing here is that Savannah gives her the master key and says, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for Easton. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Hannah. Yeah. Savannah gives, after this fight, she like circles back and says, you know, here you go. I'm going to help you out by giving you the key to Brooke's locker at the yoga studio so you can sneak in into her phone. And then she does. But she gets caught, which is so yeah. funny. She's snooping in the phone. And Brooke, who this, I really like this too, because again, this episode, we're seeing different colors of different characters. Brooke comes in and it's like, you know, plain sort of dumb. Like, what are you doing? And then at the end, she's like, if you ever go through my phone again, I'll ruin you. And so Brooke yeah, is- was, That was a baller man. Brooke is smarter than she appears. She's not some ditzy, dumb idiot. She she knows what's going on. And she's yeah. very manipulative. She's very conniving. Not great at making passwords. Not good But at she is passwords. very smart at the other stuff. Yeah. yeah she uses Pe the Malibu area yeah, and, code. And Peaches with an at sign. Peaches 91, which let me just say, I was like, oh my God, am I the same age as Brooke? <laughs> I know. I thought that too, because I'm a 91. Whoops, we're admitting our ages. So, Brooke threatens Ella and says, sure. I will ruin you if you do this again. Baller. So then, this episode sort of takes a turn, and this the podcast sort of becomes a little bit of like a Spy Kids murder mystery. <laughs> uh, not murder mystery, but mystery, where they're sort of teaming they up. They call to, out Spy Kids, too. Spy Kids, too, to uh, floop as Batman, help us save us. That's an old man alarm. Um, <laughs> they, no, that, no, that's not an old man alarm. That is a that is a paying homage to a classic. Homage. Good for you. Thanks. Um, you could say homage. So they team up and they're like, okay, we have to come up with a plan because Brooke's on to us. So now what do we do? And Easton, little brilliant Easton, comes up with an idea. What does he? What does he come up with, Nick? Little ugly hot genius Easton, which I don't know how I feel about that description. I should probably take the word it hot in my Instagram bio. <laughs> has the word hot. I'm ugly okay. hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He uh he find this was a fun scene to do in the booth because I remember like 
I was like acting like I was on a computer. And it's also very funny because I'm so bad with technology. I mean, if you listen to our last episode, you will hear that I clearly did not know how to set my mic up properly. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. So Easton finds the location data on the video. He finds out it's from Shotgun VFX and then reads all like, um, I'm, uh, I'm going to go beat the guy up. Where is it? And Chris, I'm glad yeah. that this happened because <laughs> I, this happened in real life. It's Steph. Dead. Really? What part? I was in high school, a senior in high school. Chris had just graduated college. He was home. It was this, It was in the spring. And somebody stole my wallet out of the baseball locker room and used the credit card that was in my wallet and spent like $600 on stuff all around town on like sneakers and all this stuff. And it was my mom's credit card. So it kept getting billed to her. And she was like, what is going on? So Chris and I went into detective mode. We found out the stores that they were going to, called all of the stores, got the video uh, surveillance footage, figured out who it was, and then Chris was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat him. I gotta call him. I gotta call him." And I was like, "No, no, no, like don't." But then he did. He was like older brother mode. Called the guy once we figured out who it was. And what do you remember? What happened after that, Chris? You confronted him. Yeah, I call. I confronted him on the phone, and then. Our, I think our parents knew each other, and so they spoke and were eventually reimbursed. Although I think the credit card was like con- considered fraud, but what they did was, because when you have fraud on your credit card, it's the vendor who gets screwed over because they are giving away the product, but they're not getting the money. So I think that our parents spoke to this kid's parents, and he ended up repaying the vendors for their lost money. And so all was well. That ended well. Uh, but before but yeah. that, you called him. I called him. And uh, and then I, I and think was... he had to give me my wallet back in the parking lot of the school. Did you know this kid? Yeah. He was a year younger than me in the high school. And I, I felt weird because I was like, Chris did all the work. Like, And then I, like, had, I felt like a, a, like a little wimp. Um, like big brother had to take care of me, but it was just funny because it's, it's very, it reminded me of the scene and there, there are a lot of, so many ways, countless ways that Chris and I are not like our characters, but this one was pretty accurate. But the thing that pissed me off the most about it was we went to one of the stores. It was like a dollar store and he had, they showed us the receipt and he had signed my mother's name and there was something about like this little shit kid Ugh, signing so and violating, forging my yeah. mother's name to buy, you know, fucking nerds rope or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It really just was like, I can't let this go. So me and Nick went into detective mode. And Nick, you you stood your ground and held your own. I mean, I, I was much more angry about it, but you weren't like some cowering little baby in the corner. No, I wasn't. But this is, and this is something that I don't, maybe it's because I'm the youngest child, but you were very much like, very protective and like wouldn't let me get on the phone but i i did have to confront him at school yeah and i think it was like if you ever mess with my family again i will curse you has there ever been a time chris that nicks come to your aid yeah um i don't have any examples <laughs> that i could ever think of either now or in the future but i'm sure no yes um, when I'm just curious. <laughs> well, so Nick is very, well, he's very protective, but he's also very like, mm, maternal's not the word, but, you know, if you're sick or if you're injured or something, 
he's very nurturing and caring. Like he'll go shopping for you or make you something or bring you things. Uh, and that's Nick's way of showing love. There was one time recently where my girlfriend was on a jog and she called me and I was at lunch in West Hollywood. She was running around our neighborhood and she was like, someone is following me. This guy is harassing me in his car oh. and chasing me. And yeah. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. He keeps following me in his car and she's running. And so I was like, okay, stay where you, you know, get, keep moving or stay where you are, whatever is safest. And I called Nick and was like, Nick, Natalie needs your help. And so Nick, was like, where is she? And Nick jumped in his car and drove and picked her up. And so Nick was very much the hero in that situation. I brought a baseball bat. <laughs> He's like, this is for the Mets. <laughs> yeah. And then and he then swung, swung and, and missed. missed. <laughs> <laughs> Nick! Same joke, yeah. boys. Wow. Yeah. I'm witnessing something magical. So what a great episode. Uh, what do you say we get into some decrees? Oh, yes. I'm let's. into it. Hear ye, hear ye. A royal decree. Steph, would you like to go first? You want to start us off? Sure. Sure. I was thinking a lot about this, about like what pisses me off? What, you know, cultural phenomenon am I angry about lately? You know, wanted to have a very hot take on something that's like both relevant and witty. And all I could think of, which is a little bit sentimental, which I think is secretly who I really am, uh, is that. I am just so done with people pleasing. And my royal decree is that I want to do in this upcoming 2024 what I want to do. And I don't want to need someone to give me permission to do it. I don't want to be scared that someone's going to judge me for it. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I want everyone out there who's listening, both your parents and my parents to also follow (laughs) what they want to do. Because I just think I have lived so much of my life either thinking about what other people want or catering to what other people want and just not having the confidence or the chutzpah to just do- There it is. There it is. To just do what I want to do. And I just think this is the year of being shameless and giving no fucks. And getting arrested. That's amazing. <laughs> For and not following arrested. any rules. <laughs> but that kind of um, is a little bit related to my decree because I'm also you know, in that end of the we're, – we're currently recording this in December. It's kind of – tis the season. We're getting into the new year. And I've been thinking a lot about that. And um, so I am going to decree that in this season of, of celebration and of turning the leaf into the new year – I decree that you pick up the phone and call somebody that would not be expecting a call from you and just have a nice little conversation with them. Oh, that's my decree. I love it. Whether Who's going to be your first call, Nick? You know, the, the first one that comes to my head is Aunt Dorothy. Wow. Aunt Dorothy is our 97-year-old aunt who still lives on her own in Manhattan, downtown Manhattan. She's an wow. incredible woman. Wow. That's a good one, yeah. Nick. You should call yeah, Aunt Dorothy. And I'm call. pretty sure she's a huge fan of the Royals. <laughs> uh, that's only funny to us because our she is like basically a step below a nun. <laughs> she, like, the most conservative, lowercase c, conservative that you could possibly imagine. Yeah, you better not show her any of your sex scenes, Chris, because no, she might just no, not no. be here anymore. Luckily, her hearing's not great, so podcast medium isn't yeah. something she's going to rush to. What about you, Chris? What's your decree? 
my decree, and I make this decree on the day of SantaCon, is that everybody should do SantaCon. And I know that this is going to be controversial, and I sort of alluded it to it in our Halloween episode. But SantaCon gets a bad rap. I did SantaCon when I was younger. It was some of the most fun I'd ever had. I know that some people get too debaucherous and outrageous and harm small businesses, but it is so much fun to get dressed up with your friends in the afternoon, have parties, enjoy and celebrate the season. People get creative with their costumes. And I just think it is so, so much fun. It it drives economic growth for bars and restaurants and people shit on it. It's just people having a good time. Lighten up. You know, I think it's great. I think that no one should be put down for having spirit. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I also want to state for the record, I understand when people age out of SantaCon and that being annoying, which is fine. I right now, I would never want to be in the middle of a SantaCon bar crawl or whatever, but I am glad that people are enjoying it. And I think they should be encouraged to do it. You know, you've really changed my mind in this exact moment in time because I was yes. someone growing up in New York thinking it was god-awful as someone who served at restaurants in New York. It's god-awful. Yeah. And you know what? Like if someone had told me, you don't get to dress up for the Eras tour and you don't get to like have – you don't get to show your Taylor Swift pride in all of its colors and in my fabulous sequined outfit, like I would be sad. And so you know what? Sure. When you liken it to that, let your SantaCon freak flag fly – Everyone everywhere, Christian or not, everyone should be Santa this year. Steph Sherry, this has been such a, a treat. Uh, you're so great on the podcast. You're even greater in person. We thank you for sharing yes. your talents and your time and your sense of humor with us. Where can our viewers find you? And do you have anything coming up that you want to plug or promote? Yeah, I'm. it's Steph Sherry on Instagram and on TikTok, which I have recently beginning to post on. I've been sharing my incredible Eras tour videos to mediocre, but not, but notable success. Got to start somewhere. In terms of things coming up, um, I am actually going to be releasing my own podcast that is produced Ooh. by our own Lindsay Plussard. Wonderful. Oh, wow. Good for you. Oh, I'm so excited. Can you share what type or, or what it's about? Yeah. Um, it's called Late to the Party. And uh, uh -huh. it's basically inspired by the fact that I feel like I'm nowhere where I thought I would be at 32. And I just feel like I feel so like perpetually late. And I also feel like I've never truly followed through on this lifelong dream of mine, which is to have my own podcast. And so you're going to watch me follow through on this dream in real time and figure out how to do it while interviewing others about how they did it. And so it's like all about like, what are those moments in your life where you make that decision or you finally take that risk or perhaps it's a moment in your life where something out of nowhere forced you to switch direction. But like, how does one pivot? How does one follow through? And how can we all together stop holding ourselves back? That's I amazing. That. You know, I had an acting teacher that said, he would, he would always say, you are where you need to be when you need to be. And hmm. um, that sticks with me. And I, I think we are happy that you are to be with us right now. I am happy to be with you as well. Steph Sherry, it's been a treat. Thank you so much. Oh. Hopefully, if they let us keep going, we'll have you back. I look forward to it, Kafara boys. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Have a great day.